What a place to be, amen. Amen. It's great to be with you tonight and to be in these meetings with you. We're looking for God to do amazing things because He's an amazing God. Hallelujah. Uh, someone had sent me, actually, Brother Buzbozi from uh, Uganda had sent me this quote earlier this week while we was preparing for these meetings. And I'd just like to read this as we start. It says, the reason I like these full gospel conventions, you hear the people cry, shout, praise the Lord, because they've come into fellowship, a divine fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He said, whenever you get rid of that, you're going back to Babylon. You might as well bury yourself. That's exactly right. But when we get to a place to where we get away from that Shekinah glory, that praises of God, that fresh anointing, and breaks down all religious barriers and things, and makes us one in Christ Jesus, it frees us from all condemnation. That's what we need tonight. That's what the church needs, divine fellowship. He said, that's what I found in these conventions and places where men and women, they're not ashamed. They're not ashamed of the gospel. They're ready to testify. They're ready to sing about it. They're ready to shout about it. Hallelujah. So I've even heard them speak in tongues once in a while. I believe we can have that kind of convention. Amen. God bless you today. Been in much prayer for these meetings. It's an honor to be with you, uh, to be ministering, of course, with two of my heroes. Amen. And uh, amen. Just so thankful. Amen. To be here with you, bring greetings from our home assembly, from my wife, Sister Ruth, and my family. Many said to give you greetings. God bless you tonight. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. How many would have a need? Just want to make it known to the Lord. Father, here we are in these opening meetings, this opening service. But Lord, we know that you're here, Lord. We've already witnessed you. And your presence, the Spirit of God moving among us. Lord, we, we want to enter into that Shekinah glory. Lord, in that divine fellowship with you, Father. Lord, there were hands that were lifted up, Lord, saying, I have a need. Well, I know you are a need-meeting God. And Lord, you're here this weekend. This is a conference you've called. Lord, many to have a special visitation from you. We ask, Lord, that you would be visible among us, your pillar of fire to move among us, Lord. Discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Work miracles among us, healings, Lord. Deliverances, Father. Lord, if there be those that's backslid, may they come back to you, Father. Lord, if we're lukewarm, may our fire be lit and kindled up again, Father. 
Lord, we're just asking for a special outpouring of your spirit, Lord. Lord, we've been through many dangers, toils, and snares, Lord, these last couple of years, seemingly just more and more on every side and every hand, loss of love, one sick, one sickness, things happening all around us, but Lord, through it all, God, we can say your grace has brought us safe this far, and your grace is going to lead us all the way. God, we commit this service to your hand this weekend, Father, anoint each service, anoint each song, each prayer that's prayed, each Word that spoke, Lord, may you be the, the speaker and the hearer, Lord, we pray. We love you, Father, with all of our hearts. May you be the most welcome guest, Lord, among us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We can turn our Bibles to Job chapter 5. like to speak to you tonight just as I was looking at some things, trying to look to see what, which direction to go. You know, there's many directions, but you want to find the right direction. And, and uh, it's, there's never really, uh, uh, you always have something you can preach on, but you want the right something to preach on. And so uh, we just looking at some things and I felt the Lord directed us to go this way. I'd like to speak to you on the day of miracles. It's our turn. Amen. It's our turn. Amen. It's very interesting. The song Brother Ed brought me up here to Leaning on the Everlasting Arms was actually a song that was sang one Sunday morning at our church. It was a little 96-pound frail woman bound with cancer, stage four, Hodgkin's lymphoma. But she realized this service is my turn. And here in that verse, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? The Spirit of the Lord fell on her, and out of her seat she came, and around and around that building she went. And, the, and it was prophesied over her as she came by, Miriam, your enemy is dead. Amen. Amen. The next day she goes to the doctor, and all the cancer was gone. Amen. It's our turn. How many can say, Lord, I, I want my turn? Amen. I want my turn. Job chapter 5 and verse 8 said, I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause, which doth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Amen. Amen. We let you be seated. A God who does great things unsearchable things, marvelous things, but things that has no number. You know, I, I, read a, I want to read a quote as we start this out and God talked to Moses. Brother Branham would say this, and it's a very wonderful statement, more than just a statement, but he said, I believe that the age has come now, the miraculous, the phenomenal, the baptism of the Spirit, power, signs, and wonders, this great power pouring out of God's Spirit in the last days. And he said, that's the thing that'll bring faith into the people, that'll take a rapture in faith, that'll take the church into glory. But the age has come now. Amen. I believe it's time to quit putting it off to another time or to a time in the past. But today is the day. This hour is the hour that we are to witness the miraculous, the phenomenal. Amen. The poor 
pouring out of God's spirit. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Signs and wonders, the great pouring out of God's spirit in the last days. And that's what has been released to this age. What has been released to this age is the phenomenal. What has been released to this age is the miraculous. It is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's been released again as it was on the day of Pentecost. Just as, as he poured out the miraculous in the first age and the first exodus and the first signs and the first wonders, he's also pouring them out in this time that we live in. Now, I want to look at the exodus because I believe we're in another exodus. We're in a time of leaving here, amen? It's a time of the body change. It's a time of the rapture. It's a time of the going home of the saints of God. So, but as we look in the time we're living in, you want to know how God is today. You go back and see what he was yesterday because what he was yesterday, he will be again today because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you want to see how God feels about healing, go see what he felt 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, 2,000 years ago. He still feels the same way today. If you want to see what he feels like about uh, uh, deliverances or salvation or anything that you have a need of, if you want to know what he feels like or how he, his attributes are or how he acts, go see what he did then because he's still the same today. And so we can see in the first exodus as we look, amen, there was a phenomenal thing that was poured out. The pillar of fire came down. Amen. The, the prophet began to speak. There was a word that was spoke. Amen. It said, let let my people go. And he came and he showed himself personally with signs, with wonders, amen, in the first exodus. Now we know again in the second exodus as he would take the people out of Judaism into, into the baptism of the Holy Ghost, into the Word of God, he would also pour out the phenomenal. There would be miracles that would take place. There would be signs and wonders. There'd be a light that would appear on the River Jordan. There would be a word that would go forth and say, let my people go. And in the third Exodus, it's been the same thing. It's been a repeat. Amen. We have the same anointing. We have the same pillar of fire. We have the same word that says, let my people go. So if you're under some kind of situation today, or you're under some kind of uh, problem in your life, there is a word that is hanging over you that says, let my people go. You don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay in the situation that you are. There is a word for your deliverance. Amen. And if you're depressed tonight, there is a word for your deliverance. If you're sick tonight, there is a word for your deliverance. Whatever you have need of, there is a word for it. And he came and showed himself personally. Now, I, I want you to understand that that same pillar of fire is still among us even now. It is still doing the miraculous. It is still changing lives. It is still healing the sick. It is still raising the dead. Amen. We'd be as blind as a bat tonight if we can say, we'd try to say God doesn't still do the miraculous. Why? You have one of the greatest miracles sitting right here in front of you that the devil has tried to kill over and over, but God is a God of miracles. Amen. He's a God that can move away obstacles out of our lives. Many of you no doubt faced obstacles to come to this meeting and you wondered how it was going to happen, but God came on the scene for you because he's a God of miracles. He 
came to move. Now, we can see as Brother Brandon would bring it down in the third exodus, he would say, the Holy Spirit in the form of the pillar of fire coming down and manifestations brought the first exodus and brought Israel out of Egypt. The second exodus was Christ bringing the church out of Judaism. The third exodus was the same pillar of fire takes a bride from the church. One out of the natural, one out of the spiritual. The spiritual out of the church. What was it? He wanted a spiritual people to work spiritual things through. So he had to have a supernatural people to believe in the supernatural. Amen. If you don't believe in the supernatural, that means you are not a supernatural person. But if you have been born of the supernatural, if you have been born of the pillar of fire, you will believe the very works of God because that life lives on the inside of you. Amen. If I can have just a little more up here. Amen. See, God fulfilling his word, backing it up by the miraculous. You say, well, we have the word today. Wonderful. But you cannot separate the word from the miraculous. Amen. Where he is, the miraculous is always present. Amen. In this generation, under the third pole, it has produced miracles. You know, in the third pull, the third pull that we're under, amen, the miracle working God showed us what was in this third pull. The dead fish was raised. Squirrels were created. Storms were spoke out of existence. Tumors were spoke out of existence. Salvation given to Hattie Wright's boys. Amen, nothing but the miraculous. But have you ever noticed they say, day, they say days of miracles are past? They're not always saying God can't do miracles, but the day has passed. Amen. The day has passed. But listen to this. He says the day of miracles is not past, as the, the, day, the theologians say. If the days of miracles is past, the day of God is past. God is a miracle. He said, when was the, they say when the days of miracles were past. He said, when the days of miracles is past, the day of God is past. For God is miracles, and the days of miracles never will be past. Never was and never will be. Never was and never will be. He is a God of miracles. Therefore, where he is present, miracles are present. Where he is present, healings is present. Salvation is present. Amen. The Holy Ghost is present. The Word of God is present. Everything that he is is present. Amen. In the first exodus, God called an exodus, a separation from where they were at the present time. And God is making ready to fulfill his divine promise word that he gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, years had passed since God had given a promise. And it seemed like it was not going to happen. It seemed impossible. Uh, Brother Brandon would even make the statement that that exodus seemed more impossible than ours does. He said it, it, it seemed so impossible that 400 years had went by and there seemed to be no hope. Here they were slaves. Now here they were in bad situation. There seemed to be no way out. He said, in, but in the season, the due time, God will always make his promise right. So whatever you're holding on to tonight, don't give up on it. Amen. It hadn't been 400 years yet. 
Amen. It may have been 20 years, 40 years, whatever it is, two years. God, don't ever give up on it because he will bring it to pass. He will fulfill his word. You can rest assured that what God has promised, he's going to do it. That gives me a great hope tonight because he promised a body change. It may look impossible, but he said it was going to happen and he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to do it. Don't need to try to think anything else. Well, maybe the prophet was wrong or, or maybe, it couldn't ha- maybe it couldn't happen in this day. It looked almost impossible then. He said more impossible than it does now, but God did it anyhow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he promised he would do it. Look how simple he does it. I have come down. I have heard your cry. I have remembered my promise. And I have come down to fulfill it. Hallelujah. Don't you ever think that God hasn't heard your cry? Don't you think, don't you ever think that God hasn't heard your moaning and, and your worry and, and all the things that the pressures of this life has put on you? Don't you ever think God doesn't know about it? He knows about every situation in your life. He knows about every moment of your life. And He has He has orchestrated some meetings on this weekend to say, I have heard your cry and I have come down to deliver you. Listen, I'm not talking to the next person in the pew next to you. I'm talking to you. When you realize, amen, God has come down for me. Not my daddy, oh Lord. Not my mama, oh Lord. Not the pastor. Not somebody else. But God has come down for me. He's come to show himself for my behalf. I have come down. I'm going to be with you. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm with you. My never failing presence will be with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. I'm coming down to deliver. Let's just go ahead and shout about that. Amen. I'm coming down. Not to twiddle my thumbs, not to look and see how bad you got it, not to look and pat you on the shoulder and say it's going to be okay. I am coming down to deliver. I am coming down to heal. I am coming down to fill with the Holy Ghost. I am coming down to do the miraculous because this is the time for the miraculous. How faith can catch a hold there. God is going to do it. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to do it. He's going to do it. He promised he would. No matter how bad it looks, what the circumstances look like, what anybody says, God said so. God said he was going to do it. It goes beyond the understanding of a cultured mind. It would try to reason and say, well, how could it be? Well, you tell me how could it be one moment a little 96-year-old, 96-pound woman sitting on the back seat back there bound up with cancer, stage 4 lymphoma, Hodgkin lymphoma, hardly so frail and weak, couldn't hardly, but she wanted to come to church. She shows up. You tell me how it could be so that in the meeting, a song we begin to sing after it had been preached, God is the God, the God of the Bible is here today. Amen. And God is doing extreme things. 
Let me tell you, that God is, wasn't just there. He wasn't just God on that Sunday. He's God here tonight on a Thursday night. Maybe your faith is weak and maybe you're shriveled up spiritually speaking and you've been ate up by some cancer, some bitterness, some unforgiven spirit. But if you begin to realize what have I to dread? What have I to fear? If I just lean on the arms of my beloved. Hallelujah. If I would just lean on him and cast my cares on him because he cares for me and let him take control of this situation. Hallelujah. We got a lot of people sitting on pews ate up with cancer. And I ain't talking about physically either. Uh-oh. Let's get back to the days of miracles. What's well, the greatest miracle that could ever take place? Is a spiritual cancer that's in somebody. And it's eating their soul up to where they can't even fellowship no more. And they can't be around people. And they got unforgiveness in their heart. Hey man, that's the worst kind of cancer there is, is unforgiveness. Grudges and things they want to hold and they want to hold on to and they won't let things go from 20 years ago. Let it go. You say, you say well, what, 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 if I let it go, they're going to go free. No, you're going to go free. I want you to understand something. In unforgiveness, they are not the prisoner. You are. Hey, you can read right here. That wasn't in my notes, but we there. That cancer is killing you. And I'm not here to offer you something that's going to have some bad side effects as the doctor would try to do. And that's all they got. And thank God for doctors. But I, I, I got something better than that. I got an inoculation. It ain't 5% effective. It ain't 50% effective. It ain't 99.9%. It's 100% effective. You know, that's what amazed me is people will line up and they'll line up for a drug to put in their arm. There's maybe 90%. I don't even know what percentage you can say this thing that we're dealing with is effective. I don't have no idea. No, neither does anybody else. But they'll line up for it. And it's got side effects. And it has issues. And it causes all things. And they're because, you know, why they're doing it. And I'm not trying to get political here, but we're here and we're just going to go. This is the first service. <laughs> you know why they're doing it? Because they're scared of a disease that you have about a 99 point something percent of chance of surviving. Something don't compute. And that's where they're at. And they're scared to death of it. Fear is taking over people's lives. And it ain't just out there. It's taking over people's lives in the church house. All of a sudden, social distance became a word. and It became something that we, and begin not, not, not even realizing, they begin to social distance themselves, not just from people, but from God. Amen, and they, they, t- they, they line up because of their fear, and they got a 99-whatever percent chance of surviving it, and I'm not making light of it. My wife had a bad case of it, spent a, 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 a weeks in the hospital, came very close to death. Amen, but listen, I got, there's something out there that's worse than COVID. It's called the Laodicean flu. It's got a 100% kill rate. 
It's got 100% of taking good boys and good girls straight to hell. But there is an inoculation for it. There is something that you can take that inoculate from you from Laodicea and you won't be pulled down by it no more and you won't be bothered by its creeds and, and its dress codes and all the things that goes with it because you have been inoculated. People need to have more fear about something that's 100% death rate. But they twiddle their thumbs and whistle in the graveyard like nothing's going on. And here we are at the cusp of the rapture. <sighs> Hallelujah. That's all free. <clears throat> he said, I don't mean to say, he said, people begin to reason. He said, I don't mean to say a man with a fine education and a strong mind, that man can't understand it. That's all right and wonderful as long as he uses that to, not to reason. But he uses it to believe God. <laughs> he said when a man tries to reason it couldn't be done that drives him away from God constantly all the time when he's trying to listen to his own understanding if, if you don't understand the Bible says a certain thing just punctuate it with an amen and let it go like that we don't have to understand everything but you got to believe what he said we get this idea of uh, in the time that we're living in that we got to know everything. We got such a world of knowledge and we got to know it. Listen, with God, you're not going to ever know everything. You're not going to know why. You're not going to know how come. You're not going to know all the questions. But the, the deal you got to do is I believe it. I believe what he said. The first Exodus. He said, why were they down in Egypt to begin with? Why would God's people be out of the land that God had promised them? God had promised them at the beginning with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And God gave them that land and said, this is it. Why would people not be in the place God has provided them? Brother Brandon says this right there. He said, that's the question of today also. He said, God, give us a Pentecost. He give us a book of Acts. He give us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. He give us a land. Why are we out of it? Why is the church out of it? Why is a great Christian church today living? Why isn't it living again like it was in the book of Acts? Bringing forth the same thing. There's some reason for it. They went down to Egypt all because of the jealousy of a brother. That's the reason Israel was in Egypt at that time and out of the land. Remember, God promises it was only as long as they stayed in the land. Now, they have a physical land. We have a spiritual land. Our promises belong in that land. But he was taken from his brothers because he was spiritual. Joseph, he was a great man, maybe, and, you know, humble, but great man. And they hated him without a cause. They should have respected him. But they hated him. Why? Because he was a brother. He was somebody that they thought, well, surely if God was going to use somebody, he wouldn't use my brother. You know, it's, it, it's real hard to get beyond, beyond all this veil called humanity. 
We're good about getting beyond our own veil, but other people's veil. We're good about seeing God in ourselves, you know, and we, oh, I see God, I see God. But then God comes and he begins to preach and speak to you and he steps on our toes. Well, that couldn't be God. Somebody had to tell him that. Somebody must have told him that what I've been doing and what I've been, yes, somebody has. It's called the angel of God that's been in your bedchamber. <laughs> My dad always said it like this. He said, you know, if people are going to believe that I sit there and tell other ministers what to preach and, well, I got this problem in my church, and if you minister on this, that'll help, and if you go down this road, that'll help. And then, He said, they'll believe all that. They'll believe also I paid him extra money to do it. <laughs> all of a sudden, it becomes not God anymore. Well, somebody told him what I was doing. Listen, we ought to know by now, if we're Bible readers, that God knows what goes on in your house. He knows what goes. Amen. What was it? There was a prophet in the land that was telling the king of Israel what was being said in this king of Syria's bedchamber. God knows what you're doing. He knows where you're at. He knows if you're real. He knows if you're not. He knows where you're up or where you're down. He knows all about you. He knows you more than your pastor knows you. God had given this man spiritual understanding. He could interpret dreams. He could foretell what would come to pass. And and he didn't pull no punches. He saw the dream of those sheaves bowing before his sheave. And his brothers got angry with him and said, Well, I guess then you little holy roller, we'll bow down before you someday. And that's the way it happened. How those big giants ever bow down for that little insignificant fella. But they did it. They sure did and pleaded for mercy. But he hadn't come into power yet. You see, he was only their brother. Just only brother so-and-so. It's only sister so-and-so. But when we find out by doing this, Joseph was taken and he was sold into Egypt. And, and he went down there and he said, see what would happen to him. He said, we realize as long as they dwelt in the dwelling place and the Spirit of God would move. He said, that's a good thing. Stay in that place. He said, but when they moved, they got rid of the Spirit. And it goes on, the fundamentals today positionally know where they are by intellectual conception of the Bible, but there's no spirit. They rejected Joseph. They've turned him out. They don't want nothing to do with him because that's just a bunch of holy rollers. We don't want nothing to do with it. And they excommunicate him and sold him out to the world. And they wanted him out of their fellowship. He said the je- story of this je- these jealous brothers is certainly a great comparison with the spiritual side of it today. We're all aware of it. That's pure jealousy. He said not pure. It's old, dirty, filthy jealousy. There's no purity in jealousy. There's nothing but filthy jealousy. When we see the same Bible, the same nature of God that wrote the Bible, vindicate him and turn that down without reason, that's not pure. That's dirty jealousy. 
You watch God heal the sick. You watch God raise the dead. And that same God that lived in the days of the apostles, the same God that they wrote about him, the same God that was in their spiritual journey is doing the same thing today. And they're jealous of it. And they excommunicated and they run them off. He said, that brother thought, well, we'll never have a use for him, but brother like this, why not get rid of him? He said, that's what the same thing has happened today. They think because our churches have become intellectual. We got the best dressed crowds. We got the biggest organization. We got the smartest ministers. That we have no use of the Holy Spirit in the way that it was back there. Uh Uh-oh. And in other words, actions speak louder than words. They're seminaries. They're, 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 they're coming together and discussing things and are more able with more of their own intellectual minds to set the church in order and it's better than what the Holy Spirit can do. So they don't need the Holy Spirit no longer. It's something that we don't need today. The days of that is past. We don't need the Holy Spirit. This is a direct quote. We don't need the Holy Spirit to heal the sick. We've got doctors. We don't need the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. We're all intellectual people. And when you take that out from your framework, you've taken the lifeline. You've taken the lifeline. Jesus said it to the Jews, the stone that was rejected as a chief cornerstone. You see what I mean? He said, see, you have taken the spirit of God out and you have adopted some man-made system to take the place of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, there is a people that's elected that has their names on the book of life. They will never go for that. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. There's people whose names are on the Lamb's book of life. They can't go for that. They are spiritually minded. Therefore, they'll never go for it. They can't stand it. No matter if their father leaves or mother leaves, whatever, they won't stand for it. He said, they may not speak that right out like that, but their actions prove it. The Holy Spirit proves it's amongst those when he gets them gathered together that he still heals the sick. He still raises the dead. He still speaks with tongues. He still casts out devils. But the church feels that it don't need the Holy Spirit. The church will tell you that. And men can stand up and give you such an intellectual talk, it'll make you almost believe it. Didn't Jesus say the two would be so close together it would deceive the very elected if it's possible? The intellectual talks would be so smooth. It would deceive people. It's gospel. It's men who can handle the word in such a way they'll make almost any intellectual person if you're trusting in their intellectuals. They would condemn the Holy Spirit and take it away of men. Take the way of men. He said that's the same thing they thought about Joseph. They got rid of him. And down into Egypt, how we think, oh my, he says down into Egypt they went. He said if you, you could stay here for three years and never leave that subject day and night and still be finding the great kernels of the Holy Spirit. The spiritual mind can look down in Egypt 
and see that persecution rise, can see Joseph taken away in order that that persecution could arise and see God with his wheels and the wheels, everything moving perfectly, see Potiphar, see all of the things taking place. He said, how we can see that? The church has, has, can realize we have been positionally placed in a land. Don't leave the land. This is the land of the Holy Ghost. This is the land of divine healing. Amen. In this, there is prayer lines. In this, there is altar calls. In this, there is laying on hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Don't leave the land. God told Moses, said, you go and I'll send an angel before you. And he's going to keep you in the way and bring you into the place I've prepared. Beware of him. Obey his voice for he will not pardon your transgressions for my name is in him. The angel was the angel of the covenant which was Christ Jesus. The people, many of them did not believe it. Those who did not believe perished. Those who did not believe went, those who did believe went on into the promised land. And the men who reject light went into total darkness. I believe today that those who reject the Holy Spirit, the light of God, and the days of miracles and so forth will go out into total darkness. Because they are rejecting the very light giver. Calling it just emotions. Calling it all kind of dirty names. Calling it, well, that's just Pentecostal. I agree. I am Pentecostal. But I have you to know I've never been in a Pentecostal denominational church, never preached in one, never sang in one as far as I know, never been in one of their services. I don't know how they act. I don't know nothing about them. But I do know I have witnessed the same pillar of fire that fell 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. And I know what it does. It'll change your life forever. Listen, it still has the same effect on your life. If you'll receive it, it'll do to you what it did to them. Because it's the same God with the same works and the same sign and the same wonders moving among his people. When they reject the light, they reject the Holy Ghost. They reject the moving of the Spirit. They reject the miracle worker. The very one that can heal them. The very one that can deliver them. The very one that can set them free. They don't want nothing to do with it. You know, there was a story, an event Brother Branham had. As he was at night, got lost, turned around in the woods on his horse. And he came up to this old burnover. Said it was a moonlit night and it was a pretty spooky place. A place like that's pretty spooky, I'd say, in the, even in the daylight. But at night, it makes things worse. It gets pretty spooky. Winds would begin to blow, and he'd hear this mournful sound. I heard it myself. Me and Brother Baker, Doug Baker, went up on, on the edge of Tucson up to the Mount Lemon. We sat on the top of that mountain. They'd had a fire uh, maybe the year before. It was burnt over down below us, and that wind began to come up, up that mountain. You hear those sounds in them old dead trees. Creaking and carrying on because they're dead. 
Brother Brown said, that was a spooky place. He said, but I began to notice as that wind would blows underneath those trees was some little leaves that were frolicking around. He said, that new growth that was coming up. And he said, it put me in mind of a good old-fashioned God-sent Holy Ghost revival. He said, he said in one place, you can look it up. He said there was, there was, one, and there was those under there that was frolicking. There was those above it that was moaning, same wind. Amen. The same thing happens in the church. That when the Holy Ghost to come, it'll make some moan and it'll make some shout. It'll make some pout. It'll make some smile. It'll make some sad. It'll make some happy. It'll make some jad dance and be joyful in the things of God. It'll make other sours they can be. Amen. He said, it makes me think of a God-sent Holy Ghost revival when signs and wonders begin to come into the church. Those big old trees, those old, they, I don't believe in them things. That's fanaticism. That's the days of miracles are past. The wind whistling down, the same one that made them moan is giving the others a good frolic. <laughs> he said, when you shook that tree every time it gets to shaking, it loosens up the roots so it can grow down and get a better hold. Hallelujah. That's what we need tonight. It's a good old time. Holy Ghost shaking. Get down to glory to God. Get an old-fashioned hold on God. Shaking and pulling the Holy Ghost does to you. He's loosening up that dirt around you. So you can put your roots down. He said, them experiences, experiences of healing, experiences of baptism of the Holy Ghost, experiences of the gifts of the Spirit just anchors you in Christ. And the harder it blows, the harder you can hold. And you can look right into the winds of Laodicea and say, it's going to take a stronger wind than this. It's going to take something more than you got because you ain't got enough. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something right now. If the devil would have had enough, he'd have used all he had to keep Ron Spencer from being here this weekend. But apparently, he ain't got enough. Amen. If the devil had enough, he'd have kept you from being here. But he didn't have enough. Hallelujah. Some of you need to look at devil in the eye and say, devil, you don't have enough. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You don't have enough. I'm still here. Hallelujah. Amen. Depression's trying to destroy you. Anxiety and fear is trying to tear you down. But he didn't have enough. Family troubles try to split you apart. But he didn't have enough. Because if he had enough, he'd bring enough. I mean, that's the way I look at it. If a guy was going to try, if an army was going to try to stop another army, it's going to try to be bigger than what the army is facing. Going to have enough to stop them. Right? I mean, that's logical thinking. Brother Branham there and them. Them lapping hills, them lapping rocks on those hills. And that little boy that had been in a vision being raised from the dead. So when he saw what was taking place, he turned around and he saw where he was at. He said, you can line every devil up. They don't have enough. Because this is the time for the phenomenal, the miraculous. 
This is time for the vision to be fulfilled. Oh, church of the living God, this is time for the vision that he saw to be fulfilled of that bride marching in step on with Christian soldiers. And she started to rise up. She started to rise up. Oh, come on now. This is where we're at. We're not going down into death. We're not going down into and make another denomination. We're not going back down to creeds and dogmas, but we're rising up. We're rising up. And we're going to rise up over every devil in hell. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Why? Because God put him there. I'm going to say this right now. If the devil is not under your feet, he's out of his place. Hallelujah. That's where he belongs. Hallelujah. He said, let the church squeak and moan. If you want to moan tonight, go ahead and moan. You want to say days of miracles are past? Suit yourself. You're dead anyhow. Reading the quote. Well, we're a church. Those were trees. But look at them. No bark was on them. Blistered. All the bark done been burnt off. They couldn't pack the life up no more. If them trees had bark on them, they'd pack the life to live again. But all the bark had been stripped off. All the made the rituals and so forth, and all the bark was taken to place. And now nothing they could do but squeak and squawk when the winds blew. But God sent his wind just the same. I want you to understand something. You come here to try to stop a move of God, you might as well get out of the way. Because when God wants to send his wind, and God wants to send the power of the Holy Ghost through a building, there ain't nothing you can do to stop it. He'll send his wind just the same. And this little bitty church coming up, this little handful, was having themselves a big time while the rest of them was carrying on with their moaning and groaning. He said, that's what we need is God's power in the church. But see, Satan is trying to keep us looking at a day gone or a day in the future. But the time is now. When you realize the time is now, Satan can't stop it. You must see that the time is now. You must realize and believe your time is now. To receive what you've been asking for. You might have been asking for a long time, but the time is now. You might have been looking for your healing for a long time, but the time is now. You might have been looking for deliverance from that, that spirit of depression, but the time is now. Blind Bartimaeus sitting on the wayside begging and all of a sudden he hears noise. A lot of people got to shout. What in the world's going on? What's happening? He's sitting over there in his blind condition. Hey, somebody tell me what's going on. There's noise. What well, is this man named Jesus? He's coming riding through. People are throwing 
palm leaves. They're shouting. They're just, oh, and somebody next to them say, I hate nothing. This some other fanatic calls himself a prophet. They say he's opened the eyes of the blind. He's raised the dead. They say he's done those things. I, I don't believe it. Blind Bartimaeus said, who you say it was? You, what did you say he did? He healed the eyes of a blind. Jesus! Have mercy on me! Jesus! Have mercy on me! See, you begin to realize it's been a many days I've sat in blindness, but today is my day! Right now is my time. Jesus is passing by, and I don't want to remain the same. Oh, hallelujah. Can you have that same? You might be sitting in all kinds of conditions tonight, but if you'll just realize he said he would be here. He promised he would be here. And I'm told you, he's healed cancer. He's healed brain bleeds. He's done all kinds of things. He ain't, it ain't just something we talk about. It's something we have witnessed. If you realize who's in the building tonight, you wouldn't be able to sit with yourself. You wouldn't be able to stay there and say, oh, just another service. It's just another time. Jesus! Jesus! Don't pass me by. It's my turn. Hallelujah. What's all the noise? What's all going on? It's the Lamb coming by. It's the God of mercy coming by. It's the God of healing coming by. It's the God of salvation coming by. It's the God of miracles coming by. Somebody begin to say, ah, oh, days of miracles are past. That didn't quite blind Barton bar Mass down. He said, Jesus! Amen. See, the people that don't believe in miracles is those that ain't never witnessed miracles. If you ever witnessed it in your life, there ain't nobody in the world could ever talk you out of it. If you witness God, a God of miracles, there ain't enough theologians, there ain't enough devils that can talk you out of it. God said, you can receive it, what are you going to do? You going to just let him pass by? Thursday night he came by. Friday nights he come by. Saturday he comes by. Sunday. And it's Monday. And he went by. If God said, if you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then go get it. If God says healing for you, get it. God promised it. He will not lie, no matter what they say. The days of miracles are past. Just let, it, let that go. God's word were taken, not somebody else's. <laughs> you know, was a, there was a giant in the land one day. He come out, and he was making threats, and he was calling uh, the Israelites a bunch of dirty names, and calling them a bunch of chickens and everything else. Weaklings, send me a man. Send me somebody to fight me. Forty days he came out. Could you imagine? Forty days of listening to this nonsense. 
But on that 40th day, one morning, this, this father told his young son, said, hey, David, go down to the camp and see what's going on. Take some bread and take some things to your brothers and bring me back a report. So David comes down there, and he goes down to the camp, and as he walks in, he hears this challenge. And he notices as the giant makes this challenge, everybody runs back into their tent. <laughs> Brother Danny Steeman said it like this, and I like it, and I'm going to borrow it. He said they ran into their tent to pull up their laptop to see if they could find a quote about it. But David came down with experience. He done met the God. He done met the God of Elijah. He done met him for himself. Amen. And he goes, he goes there and he, he, he hears this challenge. And Brother Ben said, what happened? He said, on that 40th day, there happened to be a different set of ears in the camp. Somebody that hadn't been there the previous 39 days happened to be there on that 40th day and one time was enough. One time was all David wanted to hear. He said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine that wants to challenge the armies of the living God? Send me, I'll go fight him. I'll take his head off. Now can you imagine that Goliath for 39 days had got up and fixed his breakfast? He had got up and put on his armor. He had got up and shined his shoes. He had got up and put on every piece of equipment that he needed. He had ate his eggs. He had ate his toast, whatever he'd done, probably 12 eggs and about 14 pieces of toast. He had done all of that. But this on this 40th day, I like this. It was his last day. It was his last day to get up and put his shoes on. It was his last days to put his armor on. It was his last days to buckle up his chest, his chest protectors and all. Put it, it was his last time to slide that helmet over that big old ugly head. It was his last time to say, let's go out and let's make our challenge. It was his last day. Because a young boy who had met the God of miracles knew he wasn't just a God of miracles years ago, but he had experienced him for himself. He had saw him in the line when he fought the lion. He had saw him when he fought the bear. And he said, this giant will be just like those. Dead. Paul said, or Saul said, let me tell you, let me, let me put you some armor on. You know, little David. I haven't proved this. This does nothing for me but hinder me. I don't need your intellectual speeches. I don't need your man-made protection. I need the God of Elijah. And he pulls it all off and he reaches down and he gets his little slingshot. And he walk, I actually got to walk down that same valley and I picked me up five stones. And I looked down and I grabbed me some good giant killers. Got them sitting on my desk there at church just in case a giant ever shows up. Amen. I imagine him looking down in there. I thought about that as I sat there and I picked those rocks. What, what, what was there to kill the giant? David did not have to manufacture. He did not have to make it. It was already in the land. It was already laying there. All he had to do was pick it up. Say, yep, that'll kill a Goth. 
Yep, that'll kill him. He puts him in his bag, and he goes, and he takes his head off. Why? Because he said, this is the day. This day, I'll take your head off. Let me tell you, in this valley, there's rocks for your deliverance. In this valley, there's rocks for your deliverance, for your healing, for your joy, for everything that you have need of is laying there. Why don't you pick it up and say, this day, I'm taking that giant's head off. Because this is the day for the phenomenal. This is the day for the miraculous. This is the day for God to move on my behalf. Hallelujah. He said, ah, don't know about all that, Brother Timothy. Well, just hang on a minute. Hold on with me just for a minute. We can see another Jairus came to his day. He had need of a healer. Gets down into a real tough spot. His little baby's sick and about to die. And he goes to meet Jesus. And he meets him. And Jesus says, I'll go with you. Turns around. I, th- I thought this was very awesome. He turns around. And he's walking back with Jairus. And, and then all of a sudden a servant comes from Jairus' house. He says, she's dead. Jesus said, I'll go raise her. And they're walking to Jairus' house, and in the middle of walking to Jairus' house, there's this little woman with a blood issue. Now, he's going to another house, but she says, this is my day. (laughs) You might see him going to another pew. You might see him going to another place, but if you'll say, this is my day. This is my time to get to it. And she had to get through all kinds of situations. This is my turn. If I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Brother Brandon said she had all kind of obstacles to face and to fight through and every kind of thing that said that wasn't possible. But she made it all through all of that because she said, this is my turn. And she touches the hem of his garment. And she moves back into the crowd. And Brother Brandon said, as Jesus, all heaven was walking, and heaven stopped. Turns around and said, who touched me? I wonder if he'll have that same thing come out of his mouth tonight. As he's walking, and he says, who touched me? Who touched me? The hour is here. The time is here. This is the moment for the miraculous. This is the moment for healings. This is the moment for deliverances. This is the moment for prodigals to come home. And if there's any prodigals that happen to be here or happen to be watching, don't you worry. I'm not going to be one, and I don't believe anybody else will have that kind of attitude. they say, well, why did you do that? Or why did you go out there? Why, why, why? No, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have a party. We're going to kill the fatted calf, and we're going to say, hey, they've come home. Let's celebrate. This 
This is the time for the phenomenal. This is the day. This is the hour. This is the moment. Don't wait for tomorrow. God is doing miraculous things among us. The book of Acts is being wrote again. The miraculous didn't even stop with the prophet. There was miraculous things done, thousands and thousands, I mean, unnumerable things, innumerable, unbelievable, but it hadn't stopped. It's still moving. It's still touching. It's still healing. It's still delivering. It's still coming on the, he's still coming on the scene. He's still saving the lost. He's still healing the sick. He's still raising the dead. He's still doing all those things. He said, well, Brother Timothy, I just ain't heard about it. Well, let me get, let me in, let you in on a few things, all right? I, I was actually looking at this on the miracle worker, and I asked them, about five brothers to give me some testimony, just five. And I got to realizing, if I asked every believer to give me testimonies, how long would we be telling? How many chapters would be wrote? Brother Wright's sister was healed of a stroke in Walnut Ridge. Came up, came up for prayer Sunday a.m., Sunday p.m., she came up to testify. And while reaching out for the mic, she was completely healed. And she danced all over the front of the building, a sister with a stroke. A brother in Sam Kinzer's, Brother Sam Kinzer's August meetings while I was preaching, began to testify of cancers being healed. He stood and testified God had completely healed him of cancer. It had fell off while the preaching was going on. A sister in Norway healed of leukemia in the middle of preaching the service. I was announcing the seventh star was William Branham and a warm feeling came over her and she was completely healed at that moment. This is the day of miracles. My sister Susan healed of cancer during 2020. He said, well, that was a bad year. Well, not for her. Actually went through treatments, but when they came to take out part of her intestines, the nurse said they got chills all over them as they looked in the intestine where the cancer had been was pristine, new flesh. She had been declared now cancer-free completely. Hallelujah, Brother David Mills had the worst case of anxiety, fear that I'd ever seen, causing him to have insomnia and terrible bouts of anxiety that would have him standing on the bed, clawing at the ceiling because he couldn't breathe and such. One night, he was walking up and down in the yard, ready to take his life, asking God for help and trying to quote scripture. And the Lord told him, don't tell me, tell the devil. Don't tell me. Tell the devil. And when he told the enemy the word, he was flooded with peace. It was one of the hardest cases I ever seen on the healing side. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what you need to do right now is take that word of God and start telling the devil, this is my body. This is my land. This is my inheritance. This is my promise. Take your dirty, rotten hands off. 
Brother Jeremy Schreiner said, I can never say enough about when God healed Hannah's womb as his wife in a matter of minutes. For hours, fluid had leaked, and the nurses were preparing us for what seemed inevitable, the loss of our little girl. In the span of 30 minutes, and texts of brothers and families praying all across the United States, not only did God seal the womb, but he made sure the sack was full of fluid for the health of the child. This year, Evelyn is five years old. When I was six years old, I had mononucleosis and was sick out of school for months. I had a knot on the side of my stomach that you could see. One Sunday night, God impressed on my grandpa to call me up for prayer. And at the church gathered around me, he told me to pull my shirt up. And as we prayed, you could see the knot disappear. I went to school the next day. God is so good to me. Hallelujah. Sister in our church has gone on now to be with the Lord due to her old age. But at one time she had severe leukemia. One Sunday evening during communion when she went through the line and when she took off the, took of the communion, she was completely delivered of the disease and she lived a healthy long life with normal issues from that time on. So many great things God has done for us. Another one writes this, that I believe it started as a child being locked up in a toy box by another child. It wouldn't let me out. Claustrophobia started then. I was beginning to become very terribly afraid of heights. I couldn't even go to the second step of a step stool. As I got older, being alone at night scared me intensely. Airlines, motels, almost anything by myself was out of, out of mind. July 2018, during our meetings, I was totally set free. I just finally gave it all to God and let him take it from me. I took a trip to Dallas by myself but wasn't, and wasn't afraid in the hotel at night. I went next month to the Red River and rode a ski lift for the first time. All fear is gone. And whenever Satan is attacked, I just remind him he's lost. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a good thing to constantly remind him. You're a loser. <laughs> hey, I, go back to that last days. I can't get away from this. Amen. The Bible says in the last days, perilous times shall come. Last days for who? It ain't my last days. But it is the last days for cancer. It's the last days for fear. It's the last days for anxiety. It's the last days for depression. It's the last days for suicide. It's the last days for every devil. It's the last days for every tormenting spirit. But it's not your last days. When their last day comes, you'll go into the eternal days and be shouting on the hills of glory for all the good things God has done for you. Little boy Silas' feet were turned in so bad. He was about to have braces put on. He fell all the time while walking. I, they brought him up for prayer, and as I held his foot in my, prayer, in my hand while I prayed, I felt a pop. When we got to the restaurant, his mother took his shoes uh, took, took off his shoes and liked to have a run, had a runaway. He was completely healed. 
And I know the boy. He, ain't, he don't have braces yet to this day. He's a big old tall boy. God's a God of miracles. Another one's sick for 18 months. This is a pastor's wife. Diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome from Mayo in December the 2016. After a whole year of being sick. Diagnosed with fibromyalgia in 2017. In 2017, I received a healing. My healing from, from the CFS, which is chronic fatigue syndrome. Eight months after the diagnosis, Jason took me to Peabody Hotel for the weekend after not leaving the house for nine days. And while watching Brother Ron preach at Mount Baker Camp in Washington, he shout, quit praising your problem. That's a good thing to go by right there. You need to praise your healer more than your sickness. You need to praise your deliverer more than your bondage. Hallelujah. I received a complete healing. Something spoke to me right then. And a complete healing followed in a few weeks. I received complete healing from fibromyalgia. And when Brother Andrew Spencer preaching on the children of Israel in June meetings, everything it took to feed them and water them every day, he said, I took note of that. And I believed, I was firmly told at Mayo, I would never get over this and would be a lifelong illness. And there was no known cure. But today, I am healed. This is the day of the phenomenal, of the miraculous. Sister in Brother Jason's church was told she had sarcoidosis and lymphoma and some kind of weird pneumonia all at the same time. They went to biopsy her and her lungs were completely clear. Sister Barb Davis in the same church had texted Sister Angel on that Monday. She was healed and heard her testimony. Sister Barb got news that she now had a tumor in her other breast larger than the last time and needed a biopsy on Tuesday. But after she heard that testimony, she told her husband, if God did it for her, he'll do it for me. And she went in, and the tumor was completely gone. She told Angie her testimony gave her faith to believe for herself. Oh, hallelujah. I pray that these testimonies will give you faith. That he isn't just a God who did heal or who will heal. He's a God who heals. Also pray for a man who's not even a believer with skin cancer. Two or three days later, it fell off on his hand. No scar, new skin. Pray for a young man in Uganda with epilepsy. This is just continuing. Epilepsy, and he was healed, and his eye that had cataracts was restored the same instant. My brother's son was instantly healed of severe autism, and he's a normal boy today. A girl in Colorado was born with her bowels on the outside of her body. We prayed for her, and by the next days, those bowels had detached, and new bowels were right where they were supposed to be. talking about just a God. I'm talking about your God. Brother Ron, if he can give new bowels, he can create a new pancreas. He can do whatever he wants to do. His word said he will.
Brother Darrell Ward says, of course, my daughter Jessica, blind, now sees in a wheelchair, now walks. <laughs> That's pretty straight and simple and to the point. Devils go poof. A man bent over with back trouble, straightened up and shouted the church down. Well, I read about that in the Bible. It don't just happen in the Bible. Amen. A sister paralyzed on her right side, completely restored. A tumor disappeared off a sister sitting in service. A sister instantly healed of a torn rotator cuff. There are some of the things that just come to my mind. Well, let me tell you what I've seen. I've seen crossed eyes come straight. I've seen the blind eyes see. I've seen a mom with amnesia return to normals physically and spiritually. I've seen all effects of a concussion disappear. I've seen bad lungs breathe again. I've seen bald heads, hair return to them. I've seen cancer heal and disappear. I've seen the barren womb give life. I've seen brain bleeds repaired. High blood pressure dissipate. Skin problems cleanse. Adhesions go and pain leave. I've seen him bring back a purse that had $600 and God miraculously return it. I've seen God move on a heart and God return a camera. Why are you telling all of this? Because God is interested in every detail. I was on a mission trip. I'll just give you the story of it. Up in Alaska, and I was flying from back from Chivac down to the little town. Uh, can't even get it right off my mind, right off the top of my head, somewhere up there. But anyway, flying to the next town in a little puddle jumper, sitting right next to the pilot. That's a cool seat. Never got to do that before. I'm snapping pictures. I'm snapping, carrying on, watching things happen. Him hit his buttons. I thought, man, this is amazing. Set my camera down. Apparently, it fell off my lap under the seat somewhere. By the time we landed, I'd forgot I had it out. Thought I'd had, just had it in my bag. Got home, wasn't there. Well, it had been given to us for a present. And my wife loved it. And she says, well, I want my camera back. I said, well, ain't no telling where it's at. She said, well, I'm going to pray. I said, well, let's pray. And we prayed. Asked God to give the camera back. A few months later, this same pilot, or actually another pilot that took over the plane, it wasn't even the one that was sitting by me, found the camera under the seat, starts looking through the pictures, recognized Brother Boy Scout on it from up there in Chivac, goes to Brother Boy Scout when he flies up, says, who is this? He said, well, that's some evangelist that was just here. And he, next thing I know, I get an email that says, hey, I think I might have found your camera. If you can tell me the description of it and some of the pictures on it, I'll send it back to you free of charge. Few weeks, I had my camera back. God is interested in every detail of your life. It might seem so simple and so insignificant, but it's not too little for God. Hallelujah. Your need tonight, you may think nobody cares. Nobody understands. They wouldn't know what I'm going through. Neither do they care what I'm going through. God does. He cared so much to come tell you, I've come down tonight to deliver you. I've come down tonight to restore you. I've come down tonight to heal you, to set you free. I saw demons cast out. I saw seizures leave for good. I saw God pay for a new van. I saw God pay off bills. I saw God do all kinds of things. 
I saw crippled babies walk. I saw God protect boys in the middle of some stupid things. Speaking of one of my boys, he fell off, climbed a tree, fell off, and went straight down for a T-post. And it would have skewered him right up. But God somehow moved him just to the side. God shows who he is. God's a God of miracles. Read one from Brother Andrew. Adam Frazier, when he was younger, developed a very high fever, causing a severe seizure. The doctors were thinking possible brain damage. But minutes after Brother Ron prayed, before he got to the hospital, the whole situation had changed. He said, number two, my dad, the stories are too great not to repeat. In the fire, through a coma, one moment nothing has happened, next moment awake. Doctors say no brain activity, but prayer changed the situation. Instantly talking, slowly coming back to normal from zero to 100%. Little girl in South South Carolina with club feet, prayer was offered and she ran all over the tent. Doug Hill, at the end of one of our services, became a dead man in front of hundreds of witnesses. Our church began to pray as one unit. Brother Ron called for his life. In a matter of moments, I saw a dead man come to life in front of our entire congregation. My own transformation. I was a preacher's kid who had done some ungodly things, made a wreck out of my life. So-called message people wrote me off, didn't offer me grace, though thought I was a lost cause. But in an instant, I had an experience with a prince of life, and I've never been the same. (laughs) Hallelujah. I've never been the same, and hell now has to pay for what it talked me into. Hell has to pay for what it talked me into because I have seen what God has done in my life. I refuse to disbelieve that any person is unsavable. There is nothing too hard for our God. Take that, devil. Oh, if the church of the living God will have that same attitude. There's no one unsavable. There's no, uh, there's no incurable disease. There's nothing impossible. Everything is possible. When it's revealed to you that it's your moment, I don't care what's wrong with you, what the odds are. It might, the odds may be worse than it was with David against the Goliath. But if it's revealed to you, this is my moment. David became fearless. He said, today I'm going to cut your head off. That's our God. By grace, in that crucial moment when decisions needed to be made, the same God that produced the grace in that day and dropped the seed of faith in that little boy, that same God in this crucial moment can take a woman from a wheelchair, a little, a little girl out of a bad situation. He said, if it's revealed to you, I don't care how long it takes. But you got to remember, it's 
It's your moment. It's your time. As we look to bring this down, <clears throat> the greatest miracle. You say, well, that's a lot of miracles, Brother Timothy. The greatest miracle that God has ever performed is when he took a sinner like me. And he made a Christian out of me. And you want to say the days of miracles are past? There's miracles all over this building. He said, look, you believe that God can save anybody? Well, that's far more a miracle than a man that was dead. A man that's dead in trespasses and sin, a man that's dead and had to believe or remain dead, then after you're born again, you become a son of God. How much more ought you ought to believe for a lesser miracle, divine healing? So if you can believe the God that saved you, we ought to believe in a God who heals us. The greatest miracle ever performed is when God can take something and bring it back to itself again. Just as he can take you in that dead, wretched condition and change you and mold you and clean you and put himself in there. That is the greatest miracle. And he wants to do that tonight. Well, I ain't never had that experience. Well, he's here. It's your turn. My turn? Mine? Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your, your turn. Your turn. Maybe you've been a hog, but you don't have to remain one. Maybe you've been in pig slop, but you don't have to stay there. Maybe you've been in the world, and you've been so filthy and, and so tore up. You don't have to stay there. Maybe your mind has been so tore up by Satan's thoughts and things, and he's so convinced you that this word isn't for you and this message ain't for you, and you're about to walk away. You don't have to stay there. He's here to take that away from you. I remember a situation in my own life told it a couple times, but just personal testimony of my daughter, being, Adriana, being in a terrible accident. And she went on a ripstick, acting, you know, we don't have snow down south, so she was on this ripstick acting like she was snowboarding on asphalt. And she goes down the wrong way and can't make a turn, so she goes down a, a real long pathway down to an end and goes tumbling at the end of the asphalt and 30 feet we'd measured, she went flying through the air and flipping over and over. And her head hits up against a steel pole. And I'm there and I'm watching it all take place. We was there to be with the young people at the state park and flipping some hamburgers. And I'm just praying, God, be merciful, be merciful, be merciful. Wasn't nothing I could do. I couldn't stop it if I wanted to. And there were some girls down there where she landed and they began to scream for us to come. And I went down there and there she's laying her head up against that pole and it's swelling out. And I rolled her onto her back as carefully as I could because I didn't know what broke bones she may have or things. I, I didn't know. 
And she's just grown and got that rattle. And I was just saying, baby, talk to me. Adriana, daddy wants to hear you talk to me. And I'm praying. And in my mind, I'm thinking about when Brother Branham was out fishing. And he's out fishing and one of his friends gets bit by a snake. And he just calmly reaches over there and begins to pray. And, and God immediately took the, the strength of that venom away and healed the man. He said, Lord, we're not out here doing anything wrong. We're out here enjoying nature. And that's what we were doing. I said the same prayer. I said, Lord, we're not out here doing anything wrong. We're out here enjoying nature and fellowship together with believers. And this accident has happened. I need you to come by my way. And then she begins to finally speak. And she said, Daddy, I can't see you. And she's trying to she open her eyes, and they're all crossed. And, and I see her eyes crossed really bad. And I just begin to pray, Lord, God, come on the scene and uncross her eyes. And I watched as those eyes would come straight. And she, she says, Daddy, I, I can't see you. And I said, Lord, you uncrossed her eyes where you give her back her sight. And she says, Daddy, I see you now. But she couldn't remember nothing about what she had happened. What did, what she, why am I here? Why am I dirty? Why are my feet? Are they cut off? What's wrong? She could feel pain, but she just had no clue why she was in the position that she was in. She had amnesia. And so we called for an ambulance, and it was about 20 minutes away because we was way out in the state park on this lake. And so they're rushing, and there's another brother that was there. He calls my dad, and my dad's studying for Sunday, and he's, he's, uh, uh, he, he just picks up the phone, hears the news, puts it down, says, Lord, let there not be one broke bone. <clears throat> A few minutes later, the ambulance finally gets there, and, 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 and we put her in, and as we're putting her in, her mind begins to spark back to her, and she said, oh, I was doing this, and I was doing this. We were doing, oh, oh I, I, I know now, and you can see lights coming on. We just begin to thank the Lord for what we saw and rush her to, they wanted to take her on to the hospital. And so they rushed to the hospital and Sister Ruth got in there with her and some of the other brothers and sisters were there, took the rest of my kids. And I got in a van to go meet my father in a little town and we was going to get together and go to the hospital together. And as I'm driving, I'm just thanking the Lord for all that I'd saw and the miracle that had taken place. And, and I just got my hand up and my tear, I don't even know how I was driving. And I'm just praising God for what I saw. And out of my mouth, I hear something speak. And as I begin to realize, it's my voice. And it says, what you've seen in the natural, you'll also see in the supernatural. And I, it's just like a gong poof, hit me upside the head. I'm like, what, what was that? And, I'm, and I just begin to, again, thank God. Okay, God, I don't know what's about to happen, but I just want to praise you for it. We go to the hospital and they do CAT scans and x-rays and CAT scans and MRIs and x-rays. And the doctor finally comes in. And he says, look, he says, I can't. He said, we have done so many, really a dangerous amount of scans. He said, well, we were so sure that there were broke bones. We were so sure that she had a concussion. We were, but there ain't a sign of a broke bone. There's not even a sign of a concussion. It's all gone. He said, he said, we're going to have to keep her overnight because she was observed, knocked out, just to observe her, but there's really nothing to worry about. He said, it's all gone. And so I was actually had been preparing for Sunday night. The next night, it was on Saturday, the next night to preach at our communion service, and I'd been looking on a thought on a God we could we rely on. Now I didn't need notes. 
Sunday morning, Brother Tim preaches. I leave and go pick up Sister Little Adriana, and my, me and my wife go pick her up. We bring her back to the evening service. She's there in the evening service, and I begin to tell the testimony. And I said, I don't know what's about to happen, but I know God is moving, and God's going to move in a very phenomenal way. Because he said, what I've seen in the natural, we're going to see in the supernatural. And I said, what I saw in the natural was a girl going down the wrong way, going down to a bitter end and the destruction on every hand. But in just a moment, God turned it all around and gave her back her mind, took away every sign of it. It's gone. Even just a few days, every scar that had been on her body was completely gone. It was a miracle. By that next Wednesday, I began to study on a thought on spiritual identity crisis because of what had happened. And I come out to preach, and there's a, a, a man about my age, maybe a month older than me, a couple months older than me, Brother Philip. And he had been out of church for seven years. And he didn't got to the place. He'd come to some of our family camps, some of our youth camps. But he'd got to the place. He said, it ain't for me. It might be for my wife. It might be for my kids. It ain't for me. I can't live it. I, I, I can't do it. I've tried. It's, I'm done. I'm finished. But that week, God began to deal on his heart. And just a few minutes before they had went out of that house to go to church, he said, if you'll wait a minute, I'll get ready and go with you. Well, listen, this mama and these kids have been praying. Later, he would testify. He wondered why his, his mattress was so lumpy. He said, because there was so many prayer cloths under it. <laughs> Almost every meeting, they'd come up for a prayer cloth. We want our daddy back. We want our daddy back. We want our daddy back. And they were holding on. I want my daddy back. I want my daddy back. And on this Wednesday night, daddy came back. And God moved in a miracle working way and totally changed his life forever. And I say that wasn't just for that Wednesday night. It's for this weekend as well. He's bringing somebody back from spiritual amnesia. They lost their self. They don't know who they are, but they're on their way back. Hallelujah. I wonder if somebody can say, it's my turn. It's my turn with Jesus. It's my turn in the presence of God. This is my moment. Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on me. Is there somebody here tonight as we bring this down to a close says, God, I want a conference with you. You're walking through the building. I felt your presence from the very first song. And I just want to touch the hem of your garment. I don't want to let this moment by. Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on me. Oh, let's just raise our hands to him. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, have mercy on me, Lord. Yes. Oh, just begin to call out to him. Don't let him pass you by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let him pass you by. 
Don't let him get by you. He's on his way to Jairus' house. But you need that blood issue fixed. You need that blood that'll cleanse you from every sin. You need that blood that'll wash you. You need the fire of God to relight your candle. These last two years of cold, Laodicean wind's been blowing on you, but tonight the Holy Ghost is near you. Don't let him pass you by. God, burn on me, burning my life, burning my heart. I'm coming home. I'm coming back to true worship. I'm coming back to full surrenderance. I'm coming back to the Holy Ghost. I'm coming back to everything that he has. I want it all. I want it all, God. I need you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Oh, let's worship him tonight, saints. Maybe you'd be like those on the road of Emmaus. He made to go on a little further and they constrained him. Said, come on in here. I need to have some fellowship with you. Come on to my pew. I need to talk to you for a minute. Come to my place. I need you, Jesus. What did he do? He came in and he began to do exactly what he did before. He broke the bread and another piece appeared. He's got a piece for you tonight. He's got a piece of the miraculous for you tonight. He's got a piece for the phenomenal. Come on, young person. He's got the Holy Ghost for you tonight. Seek him with your whole heart, and he'll come to you. Everything that you have, say, Jesus, forgive me for holding back. Forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for everything. I'm letting it all aside. I want you, Lord, with all my heart. I need an experience with a supernatural God. Listen, you ain't got to wait till you service to get it. You can have it tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe we got time for this. Maybe you need a fresh renewing, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and you're not going to let it go. You want it with all your heart. Why don't you just get out of your pew and go meet Jesus? Say, God, I got to have you. I want a fresh renewing, Lord. I want more of you, Father, than I ever had before. Oh, here's a few young people. How about you old folks? Amen. Some of you old trees, you can be reborn again. You can have your fire lit again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can have a renewing. There's one feeling, but there's many refillings. Don't ever think you got enough of the Holy Ghost. You need him more every day of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need that fresh anointing. I need that fresh outpouring in my life. I need a renewing, God. It's been a hard couple of years on my life. I've been bound by fear and anxiety. I need freedom. Well, I tell you, freedom is in the building. Healing is in the building. Why don't you grab a hold of it? 
God, I grab it right now with all my heart, with all I am. I give it to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lay hands on one another right now as we ask for the pillar of fire to come among us, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost, a renewing, a refilling, amen, a, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Some of you need your joy back. He is a joy giver. He's a wellspring. He's a drink you can take from tonight that'll quench that thirst in your heart. Father God, we lay hands upon each other. And Lord, we ask God that you would come in this place and you would break every spirit, Lord, that would try to hinder the move of the Holy Ghost. Satan, you take your leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I renounce, I announce, I announce freedom over the people tonight, Lord. I announce joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. This is the day of miracles, and it's my turn. It's my moment in the presence of the king. It's my moment in the presence of the king. Won't you pray for your brother next to you? Pray for your sister. That God, bind us together, Lord. Bind us with cords that cannot be broken. May every unforgiveness spirit, unforgiving spirit, leave the building right now. Bitterness fall away. You say, well, this one done me wrong. Preacher done, let it go. There is a sound of freedom that's going forth. It's a jubilee. You don't have to hold another row of, of, of taters for the devil. You don't have to live one more moment with him. This is your freedom. This is your liberty. Who the Spirit has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. 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 He's here, church. He's in the house. Darkness has to flee. He's in the house. He is the resurrection and the life. Come out of that coldness. Come out of that darkness. Come out of those situations. Walk out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walk out of your fear. Walk out of your sickness. Walk out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is a day of miracles. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still moving among us. The pillar of fire is still here. You're bumping into angels. Hallelujah. 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 
Brother Marion, I don't know where you're at in the building, but I curse the effects of that COVID in Jesus' name. There's a greater one among us. His name is Jesus. And the effects of the supernatural is greater than the effects of COVID. It's got to loose you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All just worship him, saints. You got a hold of him. Don't let him go. Hallelujah. You got his attention. He's turned. Don't let him go. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord, we praise you. We love you, Jesus. May your love flood this place, Lord. Love that will overcome any situation, any past struggles, any past things, Lord. We lay them all down at your feet, Father. Let your spirit have freedom in this place, Lord. Freedom in our hearts, oh God. Freedom over our pride and our arrogance. Freedom over every situation that may arise. Let healing come. The son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. The light that casts out the darkness. Father, let your light shine. Oh, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. What a mighty God you are. What a great God you are. Hallelujah. There's somebody that wants to wash his feet. Oh, yes, Lord, we wash your feet. Lord, the stony hearts tear them down. It's held and resisted against you for years. May they crumble at your feet, Lord. In this presence, Lord, in this presence, there's fullness of joy. In this presence, there's liberty, Lord. Over every heart, over every sickness. Let faith rise to this, into such a place, into such an atmosphere. Lord, that healings on top of healings will take place. Not just healing of the body, but healing of the mind, soul, and body. Spirit of God, move. In Jesus' name. This is the day for the phenomenal, the miraculous. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks
speaking to us. One thing I'd like to just say is not one of us can manufacture a miracle. Not one of us can make something happen. But what we can do is we can condition ourselves. We can allow our thinking. You know, if, if you just permit me, the world we live in, they tell you, they'll tell you, put in a GPS, this is the way you go, this is the way, and we don't even hardly think anymore. And we're, we're taught, this is how you've got to conform, this is how you've got to fit in. Well, that can come right over into the church. And we can come and we can say, well, I, I, I don't want to get out of line. This, this is how our church is. We don't want to get that way. What about letting go? What about saying, Lord, take my being. Take who I am. Forget the comfort zone. Lord, I want the Holy Ghost. I don't want to watch somebody else and then try and jump in on their thing. Let it come to my pew. Let it come to my place. Don't, don't start with me, Lord. Hey, I, I want them to start with me right now. Uh, if, if there's anybody, let's, Lord, start with me. We need to just die out to ourselves and say, Lord, the, the time is over. There's nothing left here. The only thing that's left is you, Lord. And I'm going to be with you in eternity. I'm, I'm sick of this world. I, I want you, Lord. I don't want what the devil has. I don't want to be a compromiser. I, 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 don't, I don't just want to coexist. What a miserable place to be. Brother Branham would come in a message just at the end. What house will you build me? And he would say, and Lord, as I see the days, as, and I'm just paraphrasing, but he would say, I just see a spirit creeping in amongst us where we just begin to be just comfortable and casual. And you know what God has to do? He has to allow circumstances. Listen, we want God in our lives. We, the greatest miracle. Brother Menno, we had, we had Brother Gift pass through here just a week ago Wednesday. And he, he just was a, a blessing to us. But I woke up that morning. I was so down in the dumps. I was, Brother Ed, you were down in the dumps? Absolutely. And then I was going to meet Brother Gift for breakfast. We just started talking and he started fellowshipping on how God moved in his heart. I started talking how, and I'll tell you what, as I started talking about it, something started rising within me. And all of a sudden, it is not what the devil is portraying. I am this, and God has done this, and he's done this. And as Brother Timothy was talking about all the things that God has done, I trust somewhere. You said, that's me in there somewhere. There's a part of me in there. And I, I just take, take the part God made real to you. Condition your heart. I, I think it's in a message voice of God in this last day. Brother Man would say, condition us, Lord, for there's a rapture coming one day. And I just say, Lord, condition us today. All things are possible. It's not what the devil said. It's not the end of the story. And, and, and you can just say, there is coming a last day for me. There's coming a last day for this trial. There is going to be a day when I'm, and I and start moving towards it. I don't know when it'll be. Start thanking for it. Say, Lord, you're going to do it. I don't know how. I don't know where. But I believe in you and you're going to take care of it. Let's move with him. Let's just take another step. This is step one. Let's take another step. 
I, I think we need to sing a song or two and, and just move in that channel a little bit. Does that, does that sound good? I really appreciate our brother Timothy. God bless you. Thank you for laboring. I hate to say it, but sometimes we need somebody to just labor and labor and not let go. And God bless him for that. How many say, I needed that. I needed that. Now let's just take another step. Let's just move a little higher. Lord, let me rise on the wings of faith. Lord, sometimes the, sometimes the way down here gets rough. Oh, when, when I, I look at Satan's, Satan's blood, blood, it's then I'll rise on the wings of faith. Sunday, Brother Kelly, but we'd had a long day Friday. We had a wedding, and Saturday morning I got up and went out. It was nice enough that I went out to a little area and just was burdening my heart before the Lord and this situation and that situation. And I just had finished praying, and I'm sitting out there in the patio between the trees. And I watched this bird coming across the sky, and I could make out its features. It was flapping, and and I was, it's crossing sort of from the west to the east. And, and all of a sudden, before it goes behind the trees, it sort of circles. And I thought, oh, that's strange. It's going back. But it wasn't going back. It started circling, and it went up. And it circled up once, twice, three times. 
I, I started to lose the distinguishing features and, and then all of a sudden it flew. But at a higher level, it was flying a little differently. And I'll say this, it, that did something in my heart and I just said, that's us, Lord. We don't need to fight down here and slog it out. We just need to allow you to take us a little higher. And I believe God started a little, take us a little higher today. I believe that we need to allow ourselves to be in a position for a miracle to happen. And, and you say, Lord, you've let this, you've let, let, let everything run out till there's only a little bit of oil and just a little bit of meal. That's just the perfect place for God to come. And so don't, don't take what the devil says, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but just start thanking him. Start allowing that. Let's, let's sing a song. We had a sister here, Sister Tuesday. I don't know if you remember Sister Emma, but she sang a song. God in your rivers you think are uncrossable. And she'd take the tambourine and she'd start singing that. I, I think that was her signature song. Nobody could quite sing it like that, but I think all of us together, we could sing that. And, and, and put yourself in the equation here. Does that sound good? Let's just sing it. Brother Michael, lead us. Be of good courage, God spake unto Joshua. When o'er the river God pointed the way, Jordan uncrossable makes me impossible. Waters divide and faith march and obey. God in
specializes in things on impossible of circumstances, but we got a mighty God, Amen. and I believe anything is possible. Amen. Amen. I know the Lord will make a way. Brother Jerry Fury, I'm going to ask you to come and close in prayer for us tonight. Thank you for being here. Amen. I know um, the Lord. Just start with this. Uh, I know he's going to make a way. I don't know how, but I know he'll make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way. just so thankful dear God Lord you're such a reality to the believer in this day and age father that you're doing something amongst us Lord you're moving us up higher Lord to that higher plane Lord that you've called us to be Lord we we we're fighting devils every day but Lord we are overcomers because your word says we're overcomers and we're walking in your word in this last days Lord Jesus I thank you for Brother Timothy, Lord, Father, that he yielded to the leadership of the Holy Ghost and spoke to us, Lord God, that, the, that you used his vocal cords and spoke to us. And many people were touched here tonight. Lord, we're so thankful for your grace in our lives, for our salvation, for opening the door for us, to us to move into our position, move into our place, move into our inheritance, Lord, to be overcomers, Lord. Father, I pray now, Lord, as we go our separate ways now, just bring us back safely, Lord, tomorrow night. So, Lord, we can hear more from you, Lord. Grant it, I pray. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's been good to be here tonight. I want to dismiss you. And we're just going to make a way for the Lord. Just... Let's do the part we can do. Condition your heart and say, Lord, all things are possible and hold to him and call to him. And then let's watch him do what he's going to do. It's going to be to his glory, isn't it? Amen. Amen. He's, he's a wonderful savior. He's our Lord. He's our God. Why don't you shake hands with a brother or sister? Brother Michael, you have a song you can feel free to sing. Will I, will pray 
is the Lord. 